We're starting at five, four, three, two. I, 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 which they probably couldn't, yeah. but I don't know. <laughs> I feel like if I can't, it's not like we were off the air doing. Uh, we're gonna we'll start the podcast in a second, but we, we, maybe we are already. I'm just gonna see. I'm gonna ask. Yeah, I'm gonna ask. Good. I'm gonna ask the left side of the screen if it's what if I should or shouldn't. Um, Dave and I are on the right of everybody. But uh, it's not like I'm doing It's opposite on my side. Okay. It's not like, oh boy, that, that could be, that could have been a problem. <laughs> um, it's one of those things where it's it, like, I feel like that doesn't seem so bad to me. It's not like I'm doing uh, Barbara Billings. What is it? Barbara Billingsley? Is that what it is? An airplane doing the jive talk or something? Oh, yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? I, I, well, maybe, I, let's ask that. Does anybody think that some of that stuff like an airplane uh that goes today i i i don't know i i look at it, it seems so harmless to me i'll, I'll tell you what nice. i'll tell you what frank i watched bad news bears the original with my kids uh -huh. probably about six months ago i can't believe it i mean do you do you recall the language in that movie <laughs> uh not 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 really it it, it, it was basically uh you know you'd go back to the 70s where anything went and and they used it all yeah yes they did so yeah, like inter did. like uh, uh just a ba bad racial word. language and, oh really i mean oh yeah yeah but used in the context of of just a regular conversation not uh you know not to call a particular thing out but just a regular conversation within the the script it was interesting huh uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if uh, if airplane could go now, but I wonder if we needed to. I wouldn't even call that pushing the envelope. But I think up until that point, until movies like that and and Richard Pryor, there were no discussions about interracial relationships, about the differences between the race. And now I think they seem hacky in 2019. But at you know, I I feel like right up until the, the you know the comedy boom in the early 90s. Uh, for black comics, you know, when, when when Martin and all those guys came out of Def Jam, I think that there was there was a thing where it, there was a running thing. It's like, have you ever been to a white barbecue? They do this at black barbecues. They do this, and that was con at, now that's considered super hacky. But I think there was a period of time where like the races did not cross over very much at all, especially not in terms of real friendship, and especially not in terms of relationships. So I think right. I wonder if we we wouldn't be where we are now if we didn't have those periods. Even if we do look back on them and go, ugh. Well, you you go back and watch uh, Archie Bunker, uh, you know, All in the Family. You watch um, some the of the Jeffersons. Stuff, the Jeffersons, right, right. The Jeffersons. You, you watch some of that, yeah. and remember, at the time, that was considered probably the most left leaning television, right? The the liberal. Uh, what, but people would, I think, consider the liberal at that side. It was Norman Lear and brilliant sure. stuff. And show television shows were plays at that point, right? It wasn't like joke, joke, yeah. joke. It was a play, and slowly developed. And I, I, I think, I think Archie Bunker did with Sammy Davis Jr. There was the big kiss thing. He kissed him, mm -hmm. and there was, I think, was there? Tell me if I'm wrong. Was there N word used? And I, I feel like. I think in they never well. It was interesting because the way Norman Lear did it when he presented it to everyone, he presented our he presented Archie Bunker and his family from that, his point of view first, and introduced George Jefferson and right. his family all in the family. Then did the Jeffersons from George Jefferson's perspective, right? right. Which is brilliant. It wasn't great. I thought was that, that was the, that was the only way I think that society in the seventies would have taken it. Right. Um, they would have accepted it. There's no other way that it would have even worked. I think. And and then when they did it from his perspective, that's when they used it in an episode. It was the two of them talking about their own cultural similarities. <laughs> Cultural, yeah, yeah. God dang! I'm gonna try to talk to the police. The police siren. See what I'm saying? Anyway, <laughs> sorry guys, I live downtown. I'm down here with the people. No, no. Well, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. But it's just, it's interesting how they were able to connect. Um, not cultural similarities, uh, similar perspectives about culture, but from different points of view. The the black point of view and the white point of view, and the two of them didn't want to crisscross and 
by showing that it forced the audience to have the conversation because right. then they're watching these two guys. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's great. how I think. Yeah, that's how right. I think Gr- how they're talking about. Great point that it, they used to force the audience to have mm-hmm. the conversation. That's a brilliant, brilliant point, in my opinion, because now it's like one side's telling you this or, or sides or whatever. They're telling you this thing and telling you almost how to think and how you should think. They used to present things, show you something that would be basically a person thinking in a poor way, right? Like Archie Bunker, you weren't supposed to like him. A lot of people ended up liking him. That was the problem. Of course. You weren't supposed to yeah. enjoy that. But like my <laughs> grandpa watched him and was like, oh, geez, I'm the same guy here, huh? So it's, <laughs> I love this guy. I could just see my grandpa watching and going, hey, Frankie, when you grow up, that's how you got to be. No, he's the he's the bad guy. He's kind right. of a lovable bad guy, I guess. But I, I, I mean, I even talked to... Old, older generations of black people that loved Archie Bunker because he was honest. Well, see, yeah. that, that's what yes. I was going to say. And I, I feel like I, I think it's under uh, the, it, no one talks about how many black conservative people there are, which are the majority of black people. A lot of older black folks were not right. with gay marriage and not with Prop 8 true. When, that, when that first came out. We are just yep. now turning this battleship uh, of, a, of a race around on uh, uh, on how we view homosexuality, how we view mental illness. A lot of these things, mm-hmm. people, black people came up and are still a huge part of the church. And a lot of the things that are considered liberal or progressive leanings are very, uh, very looked down upon in the church. So you're, you're not going to have a transgendered nephew that's embraced by your, by your, uh, by your grandma or him or her bringing home, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a partner, uh, of the same gender, that's not going to happen. So, I think without them knowing it, they tapped into this huge base of conservative thinking black folks. I do, I, I and and I love that point. And I go back to what you said, though, Brian, too, in, in which where you came from uh, there, Al. I just I'd never thought of it that way. They let, they used to let us have the conversation, like it used to right. be. And I don't even know who's they and uh, just I shouldn't say it that way. It used to be that that it was expected you would have the conversation. Nobody's letting you do anything. Anybody can have a conversation at any time. Right. Uh, there's nobody there's it, it's I'm going to use an Avengers reference because I just did a comic book podcast, but it's not Thanos wielding the infinity gauntlet. And I want to take your lunch money right now. <laughs> it's um that's I, I that's a, that just opened my eyes right there. I'd never been able to verbalize it that way. So that was that was that that I really like that. It's interesting, Frank. I had lunch uh, with an old coworker today, um, and she she made a, a comment that I thought was pretty interesting. She said, "It's odd for me as a woman to go into the office and have everybody speak to me as if they already know where I'm coming from." Mm-hmm. And and you know, I thought that was pretty interesting because. It's true. I mean, it's true that people make assumptions based on race, based on gender, based on other criteria that you must automatically lean a certain way, right? Based on that one point of reference. And that's just not factual. That's just not factual. I'm sure Al and Brian have never experienced that, people thinking they think some way. (laughs) <laughs> uh, or us too i had right. i went i went into this i might have told this story at another podcast i'm not sure but i went into a comic book shop guy was uh a uh, uh, mexican and the only reason i tell you this is because it it, it becomes uh relevant in the story and i i went into the comic book shop and saw the guy and was like this guy's interesting he's got tats everywhere comic books he's i can't tell if he's working at the store or not working at the store uh cuz they're going through inventory but it's kind of like the way the comic book store works people trade buy sell um it's pawn stars with comic books and the guy didn't know who i was or anything and the way i talk to people is odd sometimes i go hey who are you and i don't mean anything negative by it but i'm just used to being weird cuz i i get away with it i guess um, he kind of took offense to it. Like I was talking down to him, like I was this um, super cool stuffy guy. So I, the story went and Brandon, the owner of the comic book store, who is on the other podcast with me, was telling me about the story. He's like, you should hear him tell the story about meeting you because they realized who I was later. Um, D-list action star and comedian, Frank Caliendo. <laughs> they realized uh, that and talked about it. And he's like, oh man, this white guy came in and he looked down at me. And I was like, 
listen, you you created that in your in your head, and I have no problem. Uh, the reason you probably created that because you've had experiences in your life. I don't I don't judge pass a judgment on that at all or anything. Right. But I was looking at you and going, this guy's interesting. Both these people are interesting. Uh, uh, there's something here that could really turn into a, a podcast or whatever. So I was actually thinking like a mega positive, and he looked at me the way I was acting, and I'm kind of an idiot, but he's just looking at me. So we do, We and Al and I talk about this all the time. We judge people just on, oh, we look, we lost Brian somehow. But we, we lose people. Um, we lose people. <laughs> I'm just yeah. I'm combined. We lose people. But we do judge people constantly. Well, I would say this, and, and, and I would love to get, uh, you guys' opinion on this. I think a lot of times when you when people are presented to you on television, if I put up a black silhouette to both of you guys and I had a bullet point that said, this person is pro-Second Amendment, right. would, the, would you guys assume that the next bullet point would be that they are pro or anti-abortion? You can kind of go down the list of what we would assume that person is into. If you're anti-abortion, you probably are pro uh, Mexican border wall. Then it kind of goes on that that because that's how the sides are always presented to you. That you're presented as like hardcore liberal or hardcore conservative. Right. And I think no matter whether it's the the conversations you had with your coworker at lunch, um, or the the Mexican American gentleman that in the comic book shop. I think that's more the norm than we think that a big tattered Mexican guy is in the comic books, that there might be a, a woman who uh, runs on a liberal ticket, but uh, is an avid hunter and, uh, you know, believes in border security. You don't have to because you believe in one thing, believe in all the things. But I feel like that's the bill of goods that's sold to people. And because right. of that, they crouch down in their defensive stance and they become but on a team. Don't they do that sometimes? Hide some it's hide some of those views? Don't you think if that's not the if it doesn't go with the 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 big picture of it you don't think sometimes that's hidden from people or on both sides i i wonder sometimes because i you'll hear people i remember john mccain running for president and he he was always kind of known as the uh, the senator who was in the middle and right. the guy that made republicans mad and was fair to uh, on the democrat side a lot right. and then when he ran for president suddenly he was this uber conservative guy and i'm going Wait a second. What is this? I don't even, I don't get that. So many of these little things just, if you didn't know him as your senator at all, you, you just think that's him out of the blue. But there's, they run for that base. And right. I don't know. In a way, it, I don't want to talk bad about somebody. So it, anybody who would do that, and maybe that's just the world of politics, but when somebody does something like that, it just makes me go, you're just a politician then. It's just, right. I can't, I have that trouble. And I, maybe that's just what it is. Do you think that maybe, um, do you think that maybe just in that particular situation, we can break it down to not even politics at all. It's just him trying to get the job. Well, yeah, I, because I mean, that, but that's it, politics, that's I mean, office politics, right? It is, it is, it is. Because, I mean, we take it more personally as voters because we are asking these people we are voting for these people to represent us in government and and hopefully uh, put forth what we believe in or what is going to help us feel secure and safe with our families. But to them, a lot of them in Washington, although they want to do well by their people, the bottom line is, I mean, if I'm sitting across the desk from someone trying to get a job, I'm going to say what I need to say in order to get that job. Right. That's yeah, gonna, it's a game. I'm going to. Brian, that's where you mathematics. guys and I am completely different. I don't get the job. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I just go and I'm the idiot who's acting kind of. I think I told that story with. Well, Frank, I'd, I'd ask you this. What if you. So let's say. Let's say. No, you, and don't think I haven't done. I have. I believe me. I just, go for, go I ahead. Just literally I was breaking it down to the to the basic. No, 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 you know? no. It makes sense. But I think if you're like a driven politician that really, honestly, honestly wants to do good, which I think that if any of us got into politics, one of us hopefully will. 
uh, that they would uh, that we would honestly go into it with pure intentions. Sure. And maybe a lot of these guys' thoughts is if I have to lie or kiss this guy's ass for this luncheon, even though I don't agree mm-hmm. with his politics and I know he said something anti-gay uh, a couple years ago, but I need this. He's got fifty thousand dollars to contribute to my to my to my war chest, and I just if you just feel like it's gonna suck, but once you get and once you get the job, then you can get it and start implementing your right. your your values. Do you think that's what at least how these guys sleep at night is at least telling themselves that? I, I think so. Go ahead, go ahead, Frank. Well, it's just types of morality, right? It's right. in ethics. It's the greater cool. good. The greater good. In the end, there's there are. I did an ethics paper in college, and the ethics paper was funny because basically the I made arguments against my argument and the teacher downgraded me for that and I said but it's an ethics paper why would I not be ethical the whole point of it. and he's like no you just argue for your side and I said but I'm trying to understand I'm trying to have the understanding of what the other side would be and I feel like I can kind of put myself in their shoes even though I disagree and he just he downgraded me to a uh, it wasn't a huge downgrade, but he's like, you have to argue only for your side. That's how it works. And I was like, but it doesn't have to work that way because right. it's a paper. I'm not trying right. to, it's in my reality, which I was trying to see it from all sides. I thought that was the most ethical thing to do while writing a paper about ethics. It was the only thing that if I did anything else, it was, I'd be a complete hypocrite trying to mm judge i guess the ethics of other people I, and you guys i mean it got the big laugh from you guys you knew exactly what i meant when i oh, said yeah. it i didn't even have to go yeah. over but i just i can't drive the point home enough that that somebody would say that and not think and a smart person a professor at a university would say something like that and not realize the hypocrisy of what they're saying so at least I, in my mind I think, Frank, you know, that I struggle with that and I have for a long time, you know, do the ends justify the means or do you live and die by your principles, right? And I think when you talk about politics, you know, Al, I think you're 100% correct that everybody starts off with good intentions and they basically Mm -hmm. say to themselves, okay, I may have to get a little bit dirty, but it's for the greater good. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but I think once you start down that path, that snowball keeps rolling and growing, right? And then you get to a point where, it, it's really hard to walk it back. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's that's what we've been witnessing the past two years is just... The best this, way, this Dave, huge... is not to walk it back. Just <laughs> keep going. Run forward. Right. Don't walk it back. That's nope. the power nope. I have. You can see the infinity gauntlet behind me. Do you have principles and lose, right? I mean... Yeah. Right. And that's that's what it comes down to is when somebody's showing you the math, right, of your constituency and they're saying this is what they support by an overwhelming majority, but you don't support that, what do you do? If you if you live by your principles, you lose. Right. And you don't and have the opportunity the to you know, yeah. Or you get run over. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well this kind of yeah, this actually uh, kind of leads it, into or did you have something, uh Al? No, no, no. I I, I was I was really just stepping on everybody and I was really just agreeing with people. <laughs> that's the best that's all we want on this show all we want is yeah, right. agreement all, all the time <laughs> so um the golden globes this actually can transit believe it or not this transition actually can go right into the golden globes because because the golden globes last night was mm. really about it's at the beginning was about diversity which i think everybody here believes in that um Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Was really hoping uh, it wasn't going to be Dave agreeing. No. Um, <laughs> so, what did I actually thought the Andy Samberg um, and uh, what is uh, Sandro? Sandro, Sandro. Sandro. Right. right. The Sandro. Of course, I remember the white guy's name. Uh, that's 
I, that was that was the worst part. That was to me. That was like the awful moment. Like I know her. I know her. I don't know her name. Somebody help me. <laughs> Shoot! I'm just proving everybody right in Hollywood. Oh, Sandra. Oh, Sandra. Oh, Sandra. <laughs> Thank you, Sandra. No, I didn't get it, Sandra. Oh yeah, brilliant. Um, I thought that what they were doing was quite funny they turned everything upside down um mm-hmm. the, it hurt in the performance of it i i thought it felt like they were reading that was the only thing that bothered me is it felt like they were reading the whole time but i thought it was pretty well written when he said a race of humans and then yes. i thought that was really well done but when they were when they were cutting around the room when they went to like ryan coogler and he just i mean who just made this incredible movie one of the highest grossing movies of all time, a very uh, movie people are very passionate about. He looked very serious when they cut over to him, like, oh, mm-hmm. I, wish they had, I wish they hadn't cut to him. Um, because you don't know what the person's thinking, even if they're, they've got other stuff on their mind. That's the thing in, in those award shows. You never know what. You can become a meme just because you weren't paying attention or you had to tinkle. So it, it can be anything there. So what did, did you guys, did everybody see um, the opening? I uh, did the, um, the monologue. I did not. Dave, you, you and I had a little conversation before this about you don't even like, and I really don't like watching yeah. award shows. Yeah. The only reason I really did watch it was so I could have this topic for everybody, except for probably Dave on this. Yeah, I just no. I, there's something about subjective contests that I'm not a fan of, especially when they're put on by the industry that you that you work for, right? <laughs> um, and you know, I think God, looking back, I think it was. The Oscars when, I think it was 94, when uh, Leonardo DiCaprio lost to Tommy Lee Jones for What's Eating Gilbert Grape, right? That was probably the last time I watched an award show Hmm. because I looked at that and I said, nothing against Tommy Lee Jones. He's great, but he's always Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Like to me, to me, and I'm not a, you know, I'm not a professional actor, but to me, acting is the ability to embody something else, right? And- Tommy Lee Jones just seems to be the same character in everything he does. Whereas you had the situation where um, Leonardo DiCaprio, in my mind, clearly should have had it. Uh, you know, he plays all these different roles. He's he's able to move um, fluidly between roles, and and I just I, I saw that and I was just kind of like, wait a minute, this might not be all that it's cracked up to be. This might be a little bit rigged. It might be a little bit, uh, well, I don't know, a popularity contest versus, you know versus an actual it, it's hard to grade you earned art, it right isn't right. it i mean exactly the, the thing exactly. is you said at the beginning art is so subjective right i just get a little flustered when i see everybody celebrating diversity after years of not having enough to diversity well whose fault was right. that it was the industry's own fault in the first place although the actors themselves i guess are pointing it out it just seems weird on an award show to me anybody uh, others well i think i think it even transcends even just you know movies and television shows if you think about sports i think what we what we constantly going to run into uh dave is when human beings are voting there's no way that emotion can't get in there Exactly. And you, th- you think about the year that uh, I believe Car- uh, Karl Malone won the uh, uh, he w- he won the uh, NBA MVP, and I remember two years in a row Steve Nash won, and one year Shaq had one of the best seasons that anybody's ever had. But they're human beings. They're like, oh well, Michael's won a bunch of it. Let's throw one to Carl. Oh, right. let's throw one. And so it's just like it statistically. Uh, you can always make a case that Michael Jordan was the best player. Same with LeBron James. Yeah, He's I was going to say most, LeBron. Right, it's right. constant with LeBron. Right. James. And <laughs> so, you know, but we, they're always human beings like, well, you know, James Harden. And, and I mean, obviously he's deserving as well, but we're always going to have this issue when they're human beings. And we're kind of like, well, let's give it to old Tommy. This might be his last, uh, you know, bite at the apple. And, and Leo DiCaprio's got his whole career in front of him. Right. But you're right. Leo should have got it that year. Period. Right. Right. So it's it's. I just think it, it has to do with just human beings and emotions, and that we're always going to be flawed, especially in our logic. I love actually hearing other people's perspectives on it because, as an actor, a lot of us think that think similarly in that. And for hold, let me let me well, uh, let me set this oh, up. I'm sorry, go people ahead. don't know you uh, okay. are in live theater. 
you're doing Beauty and the Beast right now. I just just finished it. Yep. Yeah, and that's just finished Beauty and the Beast was part of mm-hmm. the Lion King cast. Uh, uh, Lion King on Broadway and the uh, first national tour. Yep. Yeah. So so uh, that's where that's history, the perspective I, I, you're speaking from. That you're a, you're a, you're, a, you're an accomplished actor. You're not a waiter. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So I am uh, a Broadway actor and, and commercial actor. And um, what there are people in our industry that feel similarly that it's tough to sit in a room and be admonished, you know, for a job that you've done within the, the same industry that everyone else in the room is in. Um, the interesting part about it is it's nice to be recognized when you've done a good job at what you do by your colleagues at this on the same token. A lot of that is for the public. Hmm. And the irony of that is that the public doesn't get to vote on it. Yeah, that's it's other folks in the industry. And actually it's not even your fellow actors. It's well, it can be, it can be your fellow actors. It's usually people on a committee that know the acting industry. And so where the rigged idea comes from that you were mentioning, Dave, which, which is a discussion, it's, a, it's an actual discussion in Hollywood, it's a running discussion in Hollywood and on Broadway. Um, if you can convince the board enough that your project or your actor on your project is worth it, then the award goes in that direction. Right, and they there campaign no, for this stuff. I don't know if people realize. They, they, they yeah, that, is, that is out the opening. The, the, the argument can't, the actuality of it can't really be proved. Um, right. It can't really be pro- proved in the public, on the public forum. But it is definitely a discussion that goes on. And yeah, uh, you're absolutely right, Frank. They do campaign for it. And so when you see a performance on screen like Leonardo in What's Eating Gilbert Grape, his, he was phenomenal in that role. I remember that that year. And Tommy Lee won for The Fugitive, I think. Correct, yeah. And, uh, and he was excellent too, but you, <laughs> you couldn't have hit the nail on the head any more than that example because, because I really feel like the producers from The Fugitive pitched that that role for Tommy Lee. Let, let and, me ask you this to just um, to, to come from the other side on that with Tommy Lee Jones. Like when I've learned in acting and I went to acting classes was mm-hmm. that you try to take a role and put yourself into the role. You feel the you feelings of the person, but mm-hmm. you're still yourself. And what you're, there's a different type of acting, which is that transformative type of acting. Um, the Daniel. Daniel, D- Daniel Day-Lewis is exactly who I was going to go to. I was going to have the name right. just like Sandra Oh. But I, <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis becomes somebody completely different. And I, right. I, I, I tend to agree with you, Dave. I, I, I do that when you become somebody completely different and Heath Ledger is, is the Joker, incredible. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even know, exactly. but you think of the yeah. original Joker for me, at least at my age, Jack Nicholson, he was just mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson all the time. And we think of him as the, one of the greatest actors of all time, but in, right. until uh, you don't see him much at all anymore, but he was always that guy, you know, it, that thing happened all the time. Um, and I don't, I don't know, is one type of thing better than the other? We all seem amazed, uh, Al, uh, and maybe you didn't even chime in on it, uh, Brian, but I, I, Dave and I both seem amazed by the person becoming somebody else as opposed to the typecast person. Well, it depends on who you're hiring. I mean, I think when you hire Will Ferrell, do you want him to come in and be kind of Will Ferrell and everything? He might be Will Ferrell. Uh, as a TV anchor or Will Ferrell as a, as a stepbrother or Will Ferrell in the 1800s, but he's kind of Will Ferrell. And that doesn't make him any less uh, great at what he does. I uh, thoroughly entertain uh, agree. You, you know, a lot, but I don't think that there is going to be uh, I in, and, and it's interesting because other comics that have really done a 180 and really tried to uh, embrace a more serious role. You have your Robin Williams, mm-hmm. um, you have uh, Jim Carrey, uh, obviously mm-hmm. Adam Sandler, 
Uh, it took a while. Steve Carell. Steve, yeah, and you can see with the last couple of movies he's done, Brian, that he's really yeah. trying. I actually have beautiful boys sitting on my desk right now. Um, oh, you know, I, I. By the way, I won't be. I won't be watching that. I have sons. I, I can't do it. But um, do it. absolutely not. I'll be a mess in about thirty minutes, and then I'll have to yeah. lie to myself about why I have to turn it off. I got to get in the shower. Um, <laughs> to hide the water with water. Is that what it is? The Aquaman theory. Yeah, it's just a by man. The way, that, by the way, by the way, Al, you've already flipped me off with Dave. Dave, you're ridiculous. Uh, I, I, I'm with Al. All right. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's great to hear that. This is why the pers- this is why the conversations are so different because I flip flop three times and thinking from different perspectives and listening to different people. It's amazing to hear because you don't always. We tend to think linearly and we tend to think everybody thinks the same way we do. And then when you hear something else, you can go, you know what? Maybe. And you can still go no, but you go good point. Good, great point there. Right. Helpful to, for me to understand it. Uh- so. I'll give you guys um, two examples. Uh, I could give many because there are so many uh, amazing actors in, in my industry, our industry, I should say. But let's take Meryl Streep, who I think if you were to choose someone that was as close to mastering the art of becoming someone else, she is probably the most prolific at that. And then take Denzel Washington. Now, with Meryl, every role that she's played, she has become someone else. Every single role that she's played. There is not one that is like another. There are pieces of her that are in those roles, but she, like Daniel Day-Lewis, becomes Julia Child. She becomes the woman in Sophie's Choice. She has become uh, the, the queen, I believe. So, uh, you... I think that there is a lot of merit in, in that way of acting. You take Denzel. Denzel was Denzel for every role up until about 10 years ago, 10, 10 12 years ago. He started, to, he started to embrace the idea of becoming someone else. He was very much, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he was that guy. He was that guy in every role. I mean, he was he was from the Caribbean and he was still a brother from New York. Right. So and it worked because he was Denzel. He has in his art grown and has become an actor mm-hmm. who now transforms himself into these amazing you know, but maybe he's made bro. enough money. You ever hear Michael Caine talk about that, where he took he said yes to so much stuff just to make money so he could start saying no. You make so much money yeah. at a certain point, you can risk the career by doing something more interesting, artful. True. And right. And some people go the opposite way. I talk about this in my act, Liam Neeson and uh, my friend John Holmberg, who's going to be on the show with us at times. We've gone back and forth about this a bunch of times. Liam Neeson went from being this dramatic actor. This is how I talk about it in my act. Is he's this incredible dramatic actor. Then he did Taken. Now he's doing Taken in every scenario possible. He did Taken. <laughs> he did the original Taken. He did Taken on a train. He's doing it on a snowplow now. And now it's now he's doing. And, uh, and my joke was he next is a Zamboni, you know. And it, he's just he's just paying the bills, Frank. That's what yeah, right? absolutely. It's, it's, you just Can't start to mad. see that. And, and the joke I do in my act, too, is no matter what movie he's in, he will pick up a phone in the preview and go, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. And it's a movie about the 1800s. And he's, he's, is he a time traveler? How is he getting there? It's, but it's like what, exactly what you said about Denzel. And sometimes I, I wonder, do we see, does that happen because we see people a certain way? I don't know if I can ever unsee. And this guy I believe to be one of the greatest actors ever robert downey jr as being something yeah. outside tony stark he mm. he's beca- he's yeah. that all the time he's he's the he's the human twitter feed but my my my, yeah. my my thought on that frank is are they that or are they that because that's what we want to see right mm-hmm. that's my I, yeah yeah, yeah I think, that's I, a that's wonderful that's, question I think Robert Downey Jr. could act, uh, you know, act his way out of a bank fold. I mean, he's an well, incredible he actor. Yeah. But right, I yeah. think every time he tries to, 
every time he tries to do something other than Tony Stark, people look at it like a painting they don't understand. Can they I, shrug can, their shoulders. Yeah. Can, I, can they I, walk away? They pull him back in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to force it in. They Brian, started, Brian started us on voices. So I... But it's it's true though. It's I, I totally agree with you. Uh, um, I, it goes back to your Will Ferrell theory, or exactly. Kevin, or Kevin Hart, or Eddie Murphy, uh, or Sam Jackson. Yes. They, wow. They want to yeah. see the yell and say the MF all the time. That's what they wanted. That's what they want from him. You know. Well, I've I've broken uh, down. I've broken down um, Samuel L. Jackson to this. But duh, but duh, but duh, but duh, but duh. And no matter what you say, <laughs> there are too many snakes on this damn plane. That's what the, in the world the is going on here? And isn't it, say it that, again. Say it one more time. That's him. That's him. That's isn't that the struggle with every artist, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, whether you're I mean, a, you know. a band that, that gets on, out on stage and wants to play your new album, everybody just says, just play the hits. Yeah. You know? Right. We, that's not what we're paying for is your new stuff. But isn't that so more true. of an indictment on us? Oh, yeah, definitely. I yeah. think that's Absolutely. so. And definitely. I mean, trust me, I have caught myself doing it a number of times. I would say maybe at a concert just because depending on the kind of music, it's hard to embrace new music for the first time in a concert setting. But, I, you know, I, I think that we I, I've talked about it with friends of mine. And Frank, I didn't know where you were going to transition, but uh, you know, I wondered because we're all kind of men of a certain age. Do you find yourself struggling to make sure to continue to reinvent yourself? And what I mean by that is, I've had friends that kind of stopped listening to new music twelve years ago and kind of stopped mm. buying new clothes. And like you just look, and it's not a it's not a money thing, but you're just like you had that belt in high school, and it just it looks like a twenty year old belt. And I wonder if it's more of like a mentality of just like, ah, I'm married, I'm old, who cares? But I don't think that getting older and being married and progressing in your career necessarily requires you to shut the engines off. I don't know if right. you've seen that. And I've kind of fought against it. I've tried to keep reinventing myself and trying new things because I don't want that. Well, it's uh, to me, the, there's no place more obvious than advertising dollars because what mm. do they want? the younger audience. And this this will prove your point because so many when there's money involved, you know something's going to have been studied, right? Right. So advertisers are look for a certain age group and the younger and with money is where they're they're looking at. If you get to a certain age, you don't change brands of soap. You don't right. change toothpaste. Right. You do the same thing over and over and over and they don't want to advertise you because it's too hard it's a waste of time to advertise to you on the whole because they they, they would have such a tough time pulling you away so they're like let's just spend more money on the people that we believe we can get on our side to make them be the ones that hold on to this brand sure. when they are that age and I've talked to quite a few people, and it's been mostly guys, to be honest with you. So I don't even know. We we I think we will need a, a we obviously will need a, a female perspective on this from side. And uh, let's slow down, down, Frank. Okay, you're right. Wow. I'm thinking. Yeah, you're right. You know, let's keep it. In, let's keep it in the family, guys. Huh? <laughs> let's keep it on the side of the tracks. I recuse myself from every <laughs> one of those. Comments. <laughs> hey, this is Alan Frank. Try to be serious. We can't yes. always be serious. As, they, as Dave watches his political aspirations just dissolve. Right, right. Can like you, an can you cut, in a cut. glass. <laughs> Dave, Dave and I just backed up, literally backed up in our chairs. Like, wow, yeah, that all looks right, so okay. real, Dave. That looks like an actual person leaving like Fox and Friends in the morning. <laughs> Walking off this of the map. This is done. This, this is done. This interview is over. It's over. Thank you. It's over. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate your time. <laughs> you hit a rustle of the microphone. <laughs> I've, I've talked to quite a few, especially guys that hit in the mid 40s to 50. Quite a few are like, you find the, the, my neighbor even said, he goes, Hey, Frank, do you kind of find yourself um, just bored with your life and feeling you can't change it? So you just go with it? I'm like, it's exactly what I'm doing in my act right now, changing everything I've ever done. Well, still, because people are paying, giving them that part of that. Right. But I have to go out there and try mm -hmm. and 
create something new for myself to enjoy it. To right, if right. I don't do that and I go up on stage, and I don't know, I'd love to hear from this from, uh, from a business owner and and an actor too, because there, as an actor, I almost feel like wow, you get to do different roles and you get to become different yeah. things. Mm -hmm. So does that help you? And then Dave, as a business owner. Well, your money's coming in. You know you're set. You're, you're. I don't know if the word's complacent, but you're happy. You're content. You might not be happy, right. but you're content. So, um, where where are you guys at? Would you well, like to I, go first, Dave? Yeah, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. But you know, from from my perspective, in business, you adapt or die. Right. You know, if you're complacent, you're going to be out of business. And so, understanding that nothing lasts forever, and understanding that you've got to be on that leading edge. You know, you're constantly reinventing your business. You're constantly updating your products. You're constantly on the move, right? Um, so you don't, you know, anybody that, that that rests on their laurels is not a good business person and they're going to be gone soon. So um, from that perspective, I think, um, you know, it, it's incumbent on on a good business person to, to keep reinventing themselves. They have to. That's so That's interesting that you use the word complacent because... The same is true on the actor side. Um, now, from an audience's standpoint, if you are complacent as a performer in your preparation or complacent in uh, working the business of, act, of the acting industry, uh, reaching out to producers, reaching out to directors, to screenwriters, script writers, book writers, if um, updating your resume, your, your photo, if you aren't, um, diligent about that, the audience will get bored with you. That's just a what it's a what have you done for me lately society as far as your performance is concerned. For me personally, I'm lucky um, in that when I do get another gig, when I do get to do another show or create or um, modify another character, I live for that because that is nothing but the opposite of complacency it is it it is a natural in and of itself in the process of it keeps it from being bored keeps me from being bored because it's constant work it's constant um research on a character it's constant um not only study but then practice of what your interpretation of that character is so for me as an actor i live for that and my wife will tell you if i'm not preparing for a role I'm the biggest lump on a log in the house that you will ever see. Like, man, get get out of the house and go bounce a basketball or something. Go ride a bike. Go to the beach. Go just get away from me because I can't stand you sitting here moping around acting like you don't have anything to do or do the laundry. Something. Stop sitting around. Well, can I can so, I ask you guys a question? And and I, I, I'm interested to hear the th the three of you guys respond to this. We all kind of have different kind of careers where we almost forced to reinvent themselves but I'm, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners just like myself like i taught middle school science and i just did that for five years if you feel like your job isn't going to force you like it would mm. you frank to change your actor you brian to adapt to a new role or you dave to to change and adapt to the ever-changing marketplace how would you tell how would you suggest to somebody that they could possibly challenge themselves personally if it's not coming professionally, I would, I would start with um, finding one thing that is yours, regardless of what it is. Find one thing that that is yours. Spending an hour on the bike away from the house, uh, taking a drive, um, working out, going to the shooting range and shooting down range, um, spending time with. Uh, a buddy or even by yourself, particularly by yourself, shooting pool, find hmm. doing, doing yoga, find something that will get you out of the house and away from your normal hustle and bustle, be it family or work. If you can find even half an hour that is yours, not your wife's or your partner's or your kids, that's yours. It, helps your well-being it helps your mindset 100 percent because we get so well we get so caught up in life we get so caught up in our schedules and 
who needs to be here and what has to happen here and what time dinner needs to be. And then, oh, yeah, I got to prepare for this meeting tomorrow. You get so wrapped up in that that you forget. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, I got to I got to take time for myself. Even <laughs> well, if it's, it's half hour, 40 minutes out of the day. You know, it's breaking the pattern. Right. 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 Absolutely. When you break Absolutely. the pattern. Something new can happen. If you take mm-hmm. the same route to work every day you're probably going to think the same way. You're probably going to react to things the same way. But if you, and I'm not talking about walking two blocks if you live that close. I'm talking about going, you know, you, let's say you live, you, you live 10, 15 miles from work, but you always take the same route. You take the, you park in the same spot. I think there's something, I don't want to say bad about that, but complacency is formed you can create that you can create new pathways for yourself and that's Mm -hmm. part of what you you know how hard and al i don't know how often you change stuff but i i did so much i got so lazy and so complacent because the stuff i was doing worked and that's the hard thing about not doing impressions for me is i had formulas that always worked for an impression like a fish out of water an analyst from sports doing everyday type of um actions Right. To go and just talk and say words, I could feel myself struggling and getting scared again. Like, oh, God, I don't know where this is. And then easily being able to go back and find a bunch of ways to get laughs. But I don't because I know that's just going to take me the same route. And when you go out there and try new stuff, the tough thing is the audience doesn't always understand that you're working on things even if you tell them they just think you're naturally going to always be but it works for any of us right in business as a consultant you've tried and you know things that do work as an actor you know things that can work but you know at the beginning of any new project there might be stuff that you're uh, that is too new to you and it takes you a while to figure it out your job is to figure it out quickly and the people who can figure it out quickly are the people who can adapt and get what they need out of right. it fast enough and keep the job or get the new job. Um, but Al, Al, do you go out and just talk on stage? Cause I've only th- really talked to you and done stuff on radio um, and seen I, you on TV, which is always a new uh, muscle, but or a different muscle, but then stand up. But what, how, how much do you change in your act? Uh, I change, uh, I would say quite a bit. Uh, I try and go out and, you know, tonight uh, I have a date, but then right after that, I'm going to try and run, just go run a hit and open mic and it's going to suck. There'll be a bunch of comics there that don't want to laugh at me. And it's fine because I, if I find one nugget that makes a, like four comics with their arms folded laugh, then I do that's that I'm on cloud nine. And so mm-hmm. I, I think just having having these thoughts and, and all these things that seem so obscure and you say something and it resonates with these perfect strangers this thing that you thought was going to be so weird and, and, and get you stares, I feel like it's worth it. And, right. you know, for, for myself, that's why I took the job as a talk show host, because it's something I had never done. I mean, I knew I could do stand up, but I didn't know if I could talk about, you know, th- th- politics and then segue into uh, women's rights in the Middle East and then come out of it with a package about a little girl that invented a new de- type of Girl Scout cookie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a different. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Wait, wait a second. There's a new type of Girl Scout cookie? Uh, yes. That's uh, all yeah. I heard. That's the only thing I heard. <laughs> yes. What is uh, it? Uh, dude, it's a gluten-free chocolate chip and caramel cookie. And Get uh, out. Dude, what? Yes. First of all, gluten, gluten-free is taking over. But I have this. And I, uh, dude, I went on a rant on the show, and I just, I have you? to know if you guys think I'm crazy. I feel like Girl Scouts are the biggest sham organization oh, oh no enterprise <laughs> that does not pay its custom, pay its employees at all they uh, charge full price they then have their non-paid employees give their stock which is the cookies to their parents to then go work shame their co-workers which is the definition <laughs> of a pyramid scheme to go to their <laughs> retrieve the money from people that have been shamed into buying cookies 
and then return it to a girl who returns it to some office. They've been doing this for billions of years. Uh, for <laughs> Not billions. The dinosaurs. <laughs> right. There were no gluten-free caramel dinosaur cookies. They've been doing this for there's decades. There's a girl. It's there's, really, that's there's really a, there's a, there's there's a certain poetry to that business model. Yeah. Where and how is stupid the are the Boy Scouts for never coming up and stealing Ooh, that never idea? Never, ever coming up with that idea. Not the even, boy, not a candy bar, not a thing. <laughs> boy Scout <laughs> cupcakes or something? There's. Yeah, well, you know, the, the Boy Scouts filed for, filed for bankruptcy this year. Did you know that? I, I did. I did not. Yes, yeah. they filed for bankruptcy because they didn't have that cookie. That cookie corruption. <laughs> uh, but like, where is the money? The where is that money? There's a Girl Scout mom right now on Twitter. Like, I can't believe Al Jackson. I can't believe what he just said about the Girl Scout cookies. I'm gonna tell you what right now, Mister Man. This uh, is what it's. <laughs> guys, I, I just googled it. It all goes into research and development of a. Uh, gluten-free caramel cookie there we go so i guess we we figured out oh, where that like 70 billion went could, to your point it took this little girl to create her own cookie they weren't even creating their own cookies right they only they had the same five cookies that Forever. although I, there's no real reason to have anything much more than the thin mint anybody on the thin mint or is everybody oh the, thin mint yes but the samoa don't be disrespectful samoas, okay. I, I, yeah right you're right respectful. yeah absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, there are Girl Scout moms out there going, I hear you, Al, and other ones going, what is he talking about? All they need to do, look, Brian, all they got to do, they don't even have to say anything to me. Send me a screenshot of, of the final <laughs> figures. Show me where the money's going. I'm not mad at the girls. I'm like, you're, yeah. you're asking your employees to walk up on people's property, which is, first of all, I'm not feeling that. You stand in front of businesses. You don't really have a license to be doing that if you want to be Ebenezer Scrooge with it. And you're de you're depending on your em your employees' cuteness to get them <laughs> over. Because if either one of the four gigantic dudes on this podcast right now tried to stand in front of anything and sell anything, you'd be removed in ten right. seconds. Right. It's true. I go when Dave said. So what did you say? There was a. What did you say, Dave? There was a uh, a certain harmony to that business. Oh, model. Yeah, I just said a certain said? poetry to that business model. Poetry, you know, poetry was the word. We spoke last time, Frank, about uh, you know our thoughts on unpaid internships. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was thinking that same thing. Go. I was thinking that conversation we had off the. I don't think were we on the air for that. I believe um, so. I believe but, so. Yeah. But that was that was exactly. I was thinking of your point about that. It is. It is amazing how certain things, sometimes in tradition, I guess, we are um, assuming that it's just all for the, the greater good, like we were talking about before. But who knows? I, I right. don't I have no idea right. where that money goes. I don't think anybody's ever discussed it. And, I, and honestly, I mean, it's one of the yes. few products that if you don't buy, you're a jerk. Yeah, I, I, right. And, and like, I mean, I, I don't even eat them and I'll buy six boxes. <laughs> I go to the other side of the growth, like the grocery store has two entry places. I go in the other side. Sometimes they they yep. they um, build like a, a fort on each one and get you. But I just try not to. <laughs> I try to go to the one where nobody's at, and then they'll be. They figured that out, and they started. Yep. They started bringing the the girl started bringing her sister or something, so they have a satellite seller. <sighs> Just avoid eye contact. Keep head down. Keep moving. That, that, I, that's what I do. It's like when I saw Terry Bradshaw years ago at the Super Bowl. He just had to, he, so many people were coming after him. He just put his head down yeah. and went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a Got weird to. thing because they don't even say that they're like for charity. There's like 4-H. I remember that. And then like obviously the United Way and the Salvation Army. Even right. if it, it it even if no one knows exactly where it goes, we kind of all assume and know that some does make its way to charity. I don't think anybody really thinks that the Girl Scouts are contributing vast amounts of money to charity, and we're talking about a product that's sold on a national scale. They don't need to advertise, and it is just it's an institution, almost like no other snack food in our lifetime. And no one knows who the hell's got the money. <laughs> Where's the I, yeah, money? You really, really have me thinking about this now, Al. Mm -hmm. Like, I really want Has to nobody, investigate this. 
it, that's what, that's what you do is you get a bunch of little girls to sell your product <laughs> and nobody questions it. That's is that what yeah. it is? Is that the cuteness factor? I, I mean, guess? Frank, if you tried to do that though, think right. about how weird point. that would be. And if your business <laughs> hey, model was like, I got hey. all these DVDs and I'm going to have nine year old <laughs> girls put on an outfit and sell it. People would be like, Frank, can you come into this room, please? Yeah. There's uh, a, <laughs> Can you it, come in this room, please? It's, so, it's such a weird model when you think about it. And and the fact that it's never been questioned, there's never been like a in the age of documentaries where like people investigate you know Quiznos sandwiches. Like right. no one's looked into this. I don't know. It's I and we well, we also are talking about since we since we're on it, it's one of the oldest institutions in the country connected to well, not not connected to, but related to the Boy Scouts, which is then related to the Eagle Scouts, which is then related to ROTC, which is then related yes. to the Army. So you've got this engine, you've got this engine that isn't government subsidized, but is government related down the line that is as, at least when it was instituted in people's minds, as American as it gets. So why question it? No one, that's the one thing. And, you know, it's a bunch of little girls selling cookies. That can't, there can't be anything going on there. <laughs> so no one probably has ever, I'm willing, I'm willing to argue that Al is one of the first people in the last half century to actually question this because well, people, I th- I th- people probably I think we, like, why I, question it? I think we all know this is going to be my last podcast. We're going to find Wait a second. What do you think? Either going to be a bunch of Girl Scouts at your door doing what? No, I th- Throwing I think cookies be, at you? I think eight black suburban SUVs are circling <laughs> my apartment right now. And I'm never going to be seen. I'm going to have a heart attack with my brake lines cut and then uh, a suicide note and without my handwriter, as I'm assuming. <laughs> Oh, look, man, don't don't let him cat Williams you. In, in, in the selfishness of a comedian, uh, I'm just sitting there going, how did I never think of that? I'm just going, that is one of the most the brilliant, amazing observations I've ever heard. And it's this it's just under the guise that it's all these little girls and we don't know where them it's that's amazing well, you that, know, I, i've never yeah. questioned it i've never personally questioned yeah. it they've never they've not been, been in your life they've always been a part of your life it's and i don't know if you guys ever read when they first had telephone poles they were like what are these eyesores no one's gonna there's a giant log sticking out of the ground what the hell and mm-hmm. do you ever notice telephone poles now? It's because it, you don't know life without them. So that just blends into the landscape. And it's just like Girl Scout cookies. They just, yeah. you don't know anything without them. Wait a second. Girl Scout cookies help you talk on the phone? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> just, just, dad joke, wrong podcast, guys. <laughs> I just, it was, too, work, it was too stupid not to try. <laughs> I know the audience is going to think I ruined the entire show, but for me, it was a moment just to get you guys to laugh at how bad I am at this podcast at times. Now, I just like to ask Dave, Dave, can you make this the platform of your when you when you announce your if your campaign? If he's still far, we will ensure government oversight into the money uh, money trail for the people. Just be clapping like what? What if it turns out? What if it turns uh out? There's Russian meddling. If there's, yeah. oh God. If there's Russian meddling. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I actually would be mad. <laughs> and you're in, actually, every time you bit into one of those cookies, it's Vladimir Putin's fault from when he was at the KGB. <laughs> and they like infiltrated America. All that money is going to oppressing people in countries. Oh my God! That would be a we great movie. What a brilliant movie! <laughs> and then we, we as Americans, are then faced with the, the the conundrum of: Do we stop the oppression by stop eating Girl Scout cookies? And it's a it's a decision. I don't know if I would trust our country. No, because no, I'm not. No, I'm no. not. I'm eating them. I'm fine with it. Uh, no, I can't. That, say that. that goes back around to the beginning of ends justifying the means or dying by. Your yeah, country. there you go. There you go. 
Yeah. People say, no, I'm not eating them. No, not at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, hey, Brian, Brian what, what, no, what's that? Cool. Why does it smell like mint but thinly oh, in here? <laughs> I, brush, I brush my teeth <clears throat> as I swallow a thin mint. <laughs> why, yeah. why are there half-drunk glasses of milk everywhere? <laughs> We got cats. We got cats. cats. They're on the yeah. tables. How tall are your cats, Brian? Yeah, right. Okay. Tall. Cheetos too. Okay, I I believe you. I'll I'll talk to you later. Well, I think we uh, listen. I, I think that because we brought it all the way around, I think that's a great a great. Uh, listen, I, I didn't know how the four of us was going to work. Um, I didn't know how. Uh, but I, this was to me fantastic. Uh, I thought the three of us yeah. were great, Frank. I don't know. You were a little, <laughs> yeah. you know, right. I think they put out. you on our back at certain points. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I apologize for the dad joke. <laughs> you can't really use get that one, infinity. One, one. <laughs> it's behind me. You see it behind me? That's a cool glove. Yeah. I have yes, that. It, it has sounds. And on the, t if you can see on the top of the computer, Thanos is climbing over my computer. Uh, I love it. I've got uh, Falcon down thing. there and uh, Iron Man, uh, just so I can do my Robert Downey Jr. Uh, <laughs> so, well, yeah, really great. Um, Alan Frank, try to be serious.com will give you all the information on how to uh, get a hold. We're going to get links and bios up for everybody. This, we're getting, this, I think this could be our launch episode if you guys all like it. I, I really was uh, excited about it. I'll, I'll talk to Al off the air and we'll we'll decide for sure because <laughs> Al and I, it's, awesome. you know, we got our names on it. <laughs> well, well now, if they, now if it's not, they'll know it was me. <laughs> give it a second. Give it, wait, give it a and second. You wonder who's in charge of the Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> no, this is I love this. Yeah, it's uh, the only thing I'm wondering is, and I think we put it in comedy because I looked at other ones like Rogan and stuff like that. They all are listed under comedy. It almost feels like social and culture, but I think comedy first because I I really think that that's how we're trying to have everybody get together and 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 do it. And I think that's what our audiences will know us for first, rather than because we're we're not. I don't know if we're trying to change the world. We're just trying to understand people in the world right. a little bit more. And Start a discussion. Start a discussion. Yeah, I wrote something down the other day, last night. I couldn't sleep because I was really looking forward to this podcast. And uh, <laughs> and I, I thought this was kind of a, the, us, what we wanted to do in a nutshell is a lot of people want to tell you what to think. I just want people to start thinking about things. And it comes back to what you talked about Brian, at the beginning with what they used to do with television shows. They let you do mm -hmm. the thinking. And mm -hmm. it's funny, we're on the same wavelength with that. You just saw it in the television show. And that's what I think talking in a group does. You get outside yeah. of the pattern. Everything we talked about today, it's amazing how this can be. This conclusion is actually working out. Uh, to, everything we talked about kind of came full circle. And we were using parts of everything at the end to destroy the Girl Scouts of America. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a good lawyer, don't you, Frank? <laughs> Not yet. But I'm thinking you, might wanna, you might want to get one. <laughs> and, and Samuel Jackson, what in the world? Where's all the money going for these Girl Scout cookies? Stop talking about the girl. Talk about them again. Say Girl Scouts again. <laughs> Samuel Jackson is the reporter. <laughs> Liam Neeson. <laughs> Liam Neeson is the father of, I don't know what you're talking about. And I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for Girl Scout cookies, I'll tell you this. I don't have any. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Well, that was great, guys. Excellent. Uh, like I said, we'll have the box. Thank you, gents. Everything's going live uh, yeah, pleasure, this week. Guys. I'm headed over to Bob and Tom to... Uh, promote this but wow great 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 job you guys uh, you guys made me laugh and it made me think and that was i think that's the best part of it is uh, that thinking and getting out of that pattern anybody yeah. else closing thoughts it's a lot uh, of fun yeah i had a good yeah, time I had a blast hope to do it again sometime absolutely if, do it, if, gentlemen. if our careers aren't over <laughs> or lives <laughs> <laughs> all right guys great job all right love all you right. guys Take love it easy. you peace love you too Bye. 
When the video comes out on YouTube, stick around and take a look at what happened after the show. But for right now, here's a sneak peek of the audio. I'm actually going to record this now for a little behind the scenes. So when I, I switched everything, and did you guys notice when I switched the... Uh, did you guys notice when I switched the screens? Can you see that? How I changed the, there was a pattern. No Absolutely. Way, there was no way to have, uh, to not have a pattern with four people. No matter what you do, it's going to be two people that, uh, that are on the top. If you see, and Brian and I had this conversation <laughs> about people who say they don't see color. You, you can, you, I, know like, mean, I know what people mean by that. They're like, I, 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 see people but i think people immediately always see color whether they make a right. judgment on i'm like color. i'm like no, no i'm black as hell you better see my color <laughs> <laughs> you better not you better see it i mean we let's talk about that what's wrong with your eyes like what's going on well we will get into we'll get into info but when i move the screen around nobody's saying anything but i want people to say stuff because I didn't realize there's no such thing as, as uh, not having a pattern with four people until I moved it and went, well, now there's a pattern. There's a, okay. And I thought if I move it again, then it's just going to be another pattern. Um, and uh, like I said, with the, when I texted uh, Al, and I wish I'd have texted Brian because I thought, I thought that was something more Brian could bring up and you notice. But when you guys see something, I think that's important that we do that. I think that it's important that we don't and that's why i'm putting this in now because i know somebody will see that and think about it and we're talking about all this stuff and diversity and we're talking about um trying right. to be real and honest and then if we, i hadn't brought this up after the fact i think it's a mistake i think that that's what my brain was doing my brain was thinking okay is the can this be seen in some way will somebody um say something i mean nothing by this but i want to make sure that i'm doing everything i can and sometimes you just can't quote unquote win in that situation right. but we i want people to call each other out and it's not an, I, I don't think it's a mean thing i think it's silly i think it's it's that we do notice that in the first place but it's i shouldn't say it's silly because it's important too but we just yeah. gloss over a lot of that stuff there's no need to gloss over it we're all honest we're all doing this for uh I think for the greater good uh, in, in a lot of uh, what we're trying to accomplish here, for me, it's kind of therapy. So yeah, let's, if you see something that, that, that bothers you on the screen, call it out. This isn't a news show. This is for people that seem to be becoming pretty good friends talking about stuff. And, uh, yeah. and uh, like, what, like we get kind of called out, we don't have a female voice or non-binary. We'll have all these types of people involved um, as we get going. It's just, you can't have everybody on at the same time uh, techno technologically or tech, but Al and I actually had this talk off the air earlier today of trying to find some different people and different guests that will give different perspectives than even what I have. I, the one thing that I think everybody will agree on is the Girl Scout cookie thing, no matter where you come from, <laughs> no matter what your background is, where you are in life, any uh, changes you uh, have gone through, made, planning on uh, what your situation has been growing up, Girl Scout cookies are evil. There we go. <laughs> World <laughs> fixed. Well said. Well said. All right. Cool, guys. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Prologue All right, guys. over. All right. Still <laughs> no <looking>. doubt. <laughs> <laughs>